We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Two balls, two strikes. Spores, kicks, and fires. He struck him out looking! It's over! It's over! The Rangers have won the World Series! Ranger fans, you're not dreaming. The Rangers are the World Series champions. After 52 years in Texas, 63 years of the franchise, the wait is over, and the celebration has begun. That track going to be on rotation all offseason long right there. Eric Nadell, the Hall of Famer on the call, as your Texas Rangers secure their first ever World Series championship. It's the Get Right or Reggie KG right here on your home of the World Series champion, Texas Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Ross yes, Levinsky holding it down for your hour number two of the Get Right. We're with you until 11 o'clock tonight, getting you ready for a big weekend across the Metroplex, including Cowboys taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, some really good college football this weekend. Texas hosting Kansas State. Some really good ones in the SEC with LSU, Alabama, Mamazoo Tigers taking on the Georgia Bulldogs. A lot to get to over the next couple of hours. We really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. Mavs in action tonight in less than an hour in Denver as they take on the Denver Nuggets in their inaugural NBA Cup matchup against Nikola Jokic and the reigning NBA champion Denver Nuggets. But we get back to the Rangers conversation because the Rangers today were able to celebrate among nearly three quarters of a million people at the Arlington District. I like what you're doing there. I like what you're doing there. As the Texas Rangers win their first ever World Series championship, the celebration was on and has been on really for the last couple of days at this point. And I wanted to make sure a shout out everyone here at this station. Loved hearing the coverage today. Starting, of course, this morning with Sean and RJ and Bobby and then KNC Masterpiece. You know, at Globe Life Field in the Arlington Entertainment District there. Uh, Chris Arnold, the three-time Hall of Famer, was out there. It was just a really cool scene. And we at 105 Through the Fan was all over it today and have been so since uh, the end of the World Series in Game 5 on, what was it, Wednesday night. And Feels so long ago. As I say, it's all running together at this point. But as we not only continue to celebrate this team but now as we start to somewhat turn the page um, at some point this weekend, Chris Young, it's funny, he was being interviewed by Emily Jones, and he was talking about, look, she asked him, when do you start getting back to work? Like, how much do you celebrate this before you start thinking about getting back to work for 2024? And he said, well, Monday. 
got the GM meetings on Monday. Yeah. And that's when we start for him getting back to work as we continue to celebrate this World Series championship. So the question is, on the truckred.com text line 877-811053, does this Rangers team have staying power? Is this the beginning of what could be a four or five year run for this organization, given the dominance that this showed, especially on the road in this postseason? Do they have that kind of staying power? I mean, I don't see why not. Obviously, it starts with having, you know, the head man back for next year mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of establish and solidify this. Your middle infield is signed for at least another, what, five years? Obviously, Corey Seager is signed until, until the cows come home, basically. You have Jacob DeGrom, but you, you do have a lot of like veteran guys that are signed up. But for the next year, that's still a good thing, right? Now, the, the, the thing that concerns me, and I guess before I turn over to that, you have some young guys that have come up and that are already showing themselves to be not just you know helpful, but you know vi- incredibly valuable. Indispensable, even. Obviously, you talk about Josh Young, your guy at third base, who has looked like he is going to be an absolute mainstay that we kind of anticipated coming into this year. Evan Carter is a World Series champion before his rookie year. Next year is going to be his rookie season officially. And he has proven to be a very valuable defensive player. Offensively, he looks like he's very capable. Um, And so, like, the idea of having a good offense is something I think you can do again because, again, you have Adolis Garcia, Leody Tavares is there defensively for you. And then I think also, and I don't want to talk about it in these terms necessarily, if you need to make moves, you have so many good players that you're capable of doing that. Wyatt Langford should come into and factor into your outfield at some point next season, probably to start your season. The thing I look at, again, is your starting pitching going to be all the way together? Is your bullpen going to be together? And heavy on the bullpen because you made things work this year, but now you're you're starting from a place where, especially if you're going to spend money or whatever you're going to do, you don't have to. You already have a basis of a team that won a World Series. Now you're going to need to go and supplement those and build a bullpen that is maybe more capable. Because I think this offense, you you'll be great if you if it even is relatively close to what you got this year. But you've got to give them some more support. You did a lot of just barely making it into the into the playoffs. You did a lot of having to you know kind of scrap and grind. And people are coming after you this year. Right. It is no longer you, you are no longer the hunt hunter. You are the hunted. Right. And so I think that from that perspective, your bullpen is going to need to be a lot better. But you've got the bones to make a good have a good team over the next year or two. And then I think it's really going to be incumbent upon how they continue to develop throughout this um, throughout the next couple of years to see if you can be some level of dy- dynastic uh, entity. But I think this next season, I feel really good about this because you've got you've got the brains. You've got the brawn when it comes to a lot of the players that are like your mainstays. And then I think you just need to do some maneuvering and making sure your bullpen is strong enough to help out in that regard. Yeah, for this organization, setting themselves up with the kind of pitching depth that you're hoping that for Jack Leiter, at some point, hopefully for Kumar Rocker and some others, that that continues their development as they go through the minors as well. But you mentioned, you know, one of the more exciting elements going into next year how quickly does Wyatt Langford come up to this roster going into next year as well? So that's one of the things I'm looking most forward to. But here's the thing in how the Rangers put this team together, not only getting the foundational pieces with Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, the excitements of hopefully a healthy Max Scherzer going into next year as well. At some point, getting Jacob DeGrom back for a stretch run in August and September as well. What free agency begins to look like with the likes of Jordan Montgomery, who was one of your postseason aces. 
Got to come back. Yeah. Mitch, it, it feels like it's that's a must. Yeah, I, I feel like he's going to be at the top of their priority list. And it's great that you won yeah. the World Series because I think that engenders a lot of goodwill in trying to bring players back. Obviously, there's some dudes that just make money and you go, I don't know that we can comp- compare necessarily in that way. Um, but also that then also, uh, you know, greases the wheels on ownership to keep continue to put money on the table because they've seen mm-hmm. the fruits of it. So maybe ownership is more likely to put a little bit of money on the table um, in that regard. Um, but yeah. John, uh, John Gray, one of those guys, need to make sure is back. Uh, Nathan Valdi, one of those guys, need to make sure is still on the payroll. So you've got guys that you're looking at from, as I mentioned, with Montgomery. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Mitch Garver because Mitch Garver during the second half of the year was hitting the ball all over the ballpark, out of the ballpark quite a bit. And that's a tough one because Mitch Garver obviously gave you some real help when it came to um, being behind the plate as mm-hmm. well, um, and he factored in. But I do wonder, if, when you talk about dudes that have made money, that was who I was thinking about was Mitch Garver. Made himself a lot of money. A lot of money. And I do wonder if this organization is going to have him as as high of a priority as some other organization might have in giving him some money to to be a, a big bat in their lineup in a consistent uh, maybe maybe a part of a, a, a catching uh, you know duo or even as an everyday catcher. I'm not certain necessarily if he's still up for that task, but I imagine that he would for the paycheck. You know, uh, from the six eight two, John Gray has found his role. No more starts fourth through seventh inning shutdown middle reliever. That's uh, how, uh, you could talk about that in the postseason, but John Gray is a starter, very much. And he a was starter. good for you this year. He was, he was. I, you give him a lot of credit for what he did in the postseason and making that transition and making it look rather seamless for him. But this is the guy that you figure is in your rotation going into 2024. But I think this team, with the mixture of young guys and veterans that they have there, I don't see why this team for the next couple of years can't be a team that you see perennially in deep into the postseason, talking about in the American League Championship Series and beyond. Again, to the texter's point, thinking about the pitching and what that looks like, but you've got an offense that is continuously relentless between Simeon, Seager, Adolis Garcia, Nathaniel Lowe. Here's a question I have for Nathaniel Lowe, who obviously can hit the ball to all fields. When that power consistently starts to show up for him, another guy that we know is a 20 to 25 home run guy, when he's capable of being that, that's just another dimension that will help this offense and the continued growth of Evan Carter, who's going to be with this team going into next year and beyond. This is a deep lineup that is going to continue to give opposing rotations problems. That, to me, is what I believe will give them that staying power, is that these guys offensively don't look like they're going anywhere anytime soon. And uh, and it's an uncomfortable question, but you know what? I'll be the jerk. Is uh, With Chris Young's aggress- aggression and aggressiveness, I do wonder how much do the, the good feelings of a World Series run um, affect your willingness to go out and make upgrades? Because I do wonder, are are you attached to the guys that you got you here? Because look, I, I don't know, I don't know that I'd be upset if you were, but Chris Young is an aggressive dude, and I wonder if he still looks up and goes, "There's still places to improve this team, even if there are guys that we love and that we're really appreciative of that helped us get to this point." Particularly in the bullpen, for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but even maybe in the field, it's in places, and that sounds kind of insane because of how 
how dominant your offense felt to be at times. But look, man, when it comes down to it, then then once you get to that point where the next season, next season, because I don't want to, I don't want to let go of this World Series championship just yet, man. Mm-hmm. Let's let's extend this the, the 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 love of this season a little bit longer. But once you get to that point, and of course, Chris Young has to get to that point faster than we do. We can sure. stay here for a minute. But once you get to that point, which you're thinking about the next season. Um, this is why I'm heavy on the idea of reigning champions. All right, man, you won that championship. This is a new year, and so you have to prepare yourself best for that situation. And this is a team that I don't know that you want to hang your hat on the idea of winning 90 wins. You want to go try and win 100. And so making your team better is going to be imperative, and pitching obviously is going to be the biggest part of that. But um, also making sure that at any point that you possibly can upgrade, particularly with the goodwill that you buy by winning a World Series, Utilize that. Utilize that with ownership to make sure you make this team better because that's ultimately what gives you staying power is being progressive. You start resting on your laurels, that's when people pass you. Yeah, Chris Young doesn't give me the vibe of a guy that will rest on those laurels and will want to continue to try and keep this team as close to the top as possible, contending for World Series championships year after year. And I'm very interested to see how this team approaches this offseason with some of the free agents, including the biggest prize in all of baseball, maybe in, in baseball history, to be honest with you, uh, when it comes to Shohei Otani. Could be your DH. And what that looks like, you know, in their pursuit, if they decide to pursue him, you know, this offseason as well. And, of course, like Shohei Otani as a defense, if he's just like a, oh, sorry, as a hitter, right? If he's just a hitter. Cool. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, that would also be an interesting, like, future piece because you hope that he would be able to pitch again after this next season and then – what are you talking about rotation-wise as well, considering that a lot of your rotation as currently constituted, which we know is not necessarily going to be exactly what it is next year, is dudes that are veterans that are in their mid-early, in some, in some instances late 30s. Um, how much is it looking towards the idea of, hey, this is another guy who will then be a pitcher in two years when maybe some of these guys are phasing out of your system and your, of your rotation? Yeah, this is a championship that was born out of the idea that they saw a window that became open as this season progressed of how well that they played. I mean, they started the season 40 and 20 through the first 60 games. Incredible start to the season. And I think those 60 games gave Chris Young the idea, oh, this team has a chance to make something happen extremely special this year. How do we continuously put this team in position to succeed based on what we can address for our needs, whether it be in the lineup, whether it be in the rotation, whether it be in the bullpen, he stayed ultimately aggressive, and that aggressiveness paid off for this team. That approach, I think, will be something that will continue to be a foundation for this organization going into this offseason and beyond. How that comes to fruition and who they acquire will be something that we will definitely be chronicling uh, all season long here. Yeah, and look, I think also you have hopes that Chris Young's job gets easier in some ways uh, in the in the marketplace of free agency because – Maybe a year or two ago, you look at it and you go, people only go to Texas to get that paycheck. Now? How does it look to people now? How, how does it look once you have the, the, the sweet aroma of winning on your franchise and people look up and they go, they won, they got Bruce Bochy, they seem to have a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of culture, a lot of good, uh, good feelings, creed playing in the locker room and such, right? Like, how does that change perception around, um, around the league? I'm interested in see how that goes as well. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on your home of the World Series champion, mm. Texas Rangers 105 3 The Fan. Coming up next, one of our favorites here on the Get Right, the host of the NFL on Fox podcast, David Hellman, joins us next on 105 3 The Fan. I love you guys. <laughs> 
So get right with Reggie KG on your home of the World Series champion, Texas Rangers, 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. What up? Ross Lebinski holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckred.com text line, 877-81-1053, 877-81-1053. want to get in on the conversation with you until 11 o'clock tonight, getting ready for a big weekend of sports action. Right now, though, we go to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline where we welcome in one of our favorites here, great friend of ours. You can find him on Twitter at David Hellman underscore, the host of the NFL on Fox podcast covering the Dallas Cowboys for Fox Sports, where his team will be covering the Cowboys-Eagles game in America's Game of the Week in Philadelphia. He is David Hellman. David, what's going on? I can always count on you for a great intro, KG. I'm great, man. How are y'all? Doing all right, but we're not as good as your good friend, Brian Broaddus. If I did not tell you, (laughs) I'm not going to tell you what Brian Broaddus has been up to on parade day here in North Texas in in Arlington. What do you think Brian Broaddus has been up to um, broadcasting live from the Texas Rangers World Series Championship parade festivities? You know, unfortunately, I'm terminally online, so I've already seen some footage <laughs> of what Brian's been up to. Uh, I, I, I'm not surprised, and I couldn't be happier for the guy. Um, Brian only cuts it loose, like, I don't know, once a year. Like, he insists on being the DD for everybody. Like, he would, he's that friend that would rather take care of everybody than have fun, which is admirable in its own way. But it makes it that much sweeter when he gets a chance to cut loose. And I think, I mean, I've known him for 10 years, and I've probably only seen him get silly four or five times. And uh, it's always a treat. So I saw the video of him uh, busting a move at the parade, and I was I was very, very happy to see it. So which one was worse today? Or I should say, which one was better today or when your LSU Tigers beat the brakes off of who was it that day? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, and won the 2019 so, national championship. That's so. That's the thing is like I don't want to put my guy on blast. Like he went to LSU. He loves LSU. He was obviously happy, but like Brian dipped into town, and like he he like we we were like, dude, we're going to the quarter. We're partying. Like we're not going to bed tonight. Let's go. And he was like, I'm gonna hit up the alumni tailgate. I'm gonna, I'll do my broadest voice. Like I'm gonna hit up the alumni tailgate, and uh, you know. Uh, I'm going to see some of those guys from the old teams, and then I'm actually going to head back to Dallas. He was back in Dallas the next morning. He drove through the night. Like, he didn't have a drink. I was like, yeah, I was like, bro, we just capped off the best season ever, and you're going (laughs) to peace out of here at, like, 930 and go home? Like, what are you doing? My My friends from home were even like, this is your boy? Like, I thought he was partying with us. So... Like I said, I'm not trying to put him on blast, but, like, he's he's that dude. Like, he's very, like, straight-laced. It takes a lot to get him to cut loose. So, like I said, I was super pumped to see the, uh, you know, the Rangers brought the fun out of him a little bit. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, look, I guess you get a, you get a first championship in a 51-year history in, in North Texas. Go crazy. I, I imagine getting uh, drunk Broadus is probably – uh, is probably worthwhile. Now, as you might be able to imagine, David Hellman, um, the World Series has captivated all of our attentions to the detriment of everything else. Mm-hmm. And so what I am asking of you is the national perspective outside of this this bubble. 
um, of North Texas. What What is the national perspective? What is the outside perspective heading into Cowboys-Eagles this weekend? You know, I think there's it, – it's kind of dueling – It's there's dueling perspectives going on. This is it's, – it's such a great week for the NFL. So, welcome back to football season. And there's – there's two games that I feel like are kind of the same that are about to happen. One of those is obviously Cowboys-Eagles, and the other one is the Chiefs-Dolphins game that's going to happen in Germany on Sunday morning. And it just feels similar to me in the sense of like, okay, it's the two Super Bowl teams. The two teams are that we trust the most are the best in the NFL right now going against two really popular upstarts that just haven't proven it in a big spot yet. And obviously, the Cowboys failed their first big test against San Francisco. The Dolphins have failed a couple of big tests so far this season. Uh, but there's no time like the present. So I think both of those teams, if, if you get a win or even if you play a great game, I think in terms of the national perspective, you can go a long way toward, toward swaying people to your side. But at the same time, you know, I think even more so for the Dolphins, but definitely for the Cowboys. I mean, if you lay an egg, if, if you uh, – if you can at least turn it into a good game, then I think uh, I think the takes are going to be pretty reckless, and honestly, rightfully so. <laughs> Dave Helman of Fox Sports joining us here, host of the NFL on Fox Podcast. I love the retweet that you had uh, from Ralph Vasciano, Eagles-Cowboys. This is some serious blank right here. I-, I love that and idea. Can you speak to what he is describing, but more importantly from the Cowboys, and you started to mention it the last time we kind of hyped up a game like this, laid a real egg against the San Francisco 49ers. How do you feel like the Cowboys need to approach this game knowing what's on the line anytime they take on the Philadelphia Eagles? I mean, you know what? I mean, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big believer. Like, I, I don't buy the, like, must-win narrative, and I don't, I don't know. I, I don't buy that. Because, I mean, like, look, this isn't college football. If you lose, okay, you're 5-3, and three and you turn around, and you got to do it all again next week. And at the end of the day, some teams are going to make the playoffs. I mean, how many times have we seen teams make a run to the Super Bowl? But especially for a team like the Cowboys that has, like I said, I mean, I think if you don't, oh, no. you, I mean, you, you open yourself up to it. We already saw it after the Niners game. We already saw how brutal the blowback was of like, man, we're going to hype this up and treat it like the Super Bowl all week and not even – really show up for the game. So the court of opinion doesn't determine championships, but it does determine how miserable it is to like be around this team for the next five or six weeks. And this is, this is their biggest test. Fortunately for them, I just, whether it's right or wrong, I have this inherent trust that the Cowboys are at least going to show up to play against the division rival. They always do. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't remember Dak's record against the NFC East off the top of my head, but I know it's very good. Um, so I, I trust them to play well, but like I said, I think uh, so much about the Cowboys is in the realm of narrative, whether it's fair or not. And uh, you don't at least play well on Sunday, then, then the narrative's going to be pretty gross. And, and like I said, I think at the end of the day, this, this team doesn't really get to buck those trends until the playoffs. And so if you can't get this done, then, then you've at least got a long month ahead of you, if not more. Now, Dave, uh, the, the Cowboys opponent in this, the, the Philadelphia Eagles have had an interesting season. Uh, obviously going to the Super Bowl gave them a little bit of cachet and there's been people that had expectations of them that they didn't seem to live up to in certain weeks. 
uh, leading up to this game to start the season. Uh, they've even dropped a, dropped a game that you don't expect them to. What, what do you attribute some of their uh, their issues to thus far this season? Well, honestly, y'all are college football guys, so I know that you'll appreciate this analogy, and it fits because the Eagles have every damn Georgia player in the world on their <laughs> roster. The Eagles and Georgia are having like the same season where I, I agree with you. They haven't lived up to the expectations. They haven't played all that well. Like if you watch them play, they've had an issue with turnovers. Their pass defense has been very leaky. Um, the offensive line doesn't look as dominant as the reputation suggests it should. And yet they have the best record in the NFL they really, I mean, they've been pushed hard a couple of times. They went to overtime against the commanders, but like by and large, they've won most of their games pretty comfortably. Like they beat, they beat Washington by more than what the seven point scoreline suggests last week. They handled the Rams by two possessions, definitely not like blowing people out of the water, but like they're winning and winning comfortably. And so, you know, I, I would suggest a, and I know nobody wants to hear injuries as an excuse, but the defense has dealt with a ton of injuries. I think for various reasons, probably because a few of those guys are getting pretty long in the tooth, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. I don't think the offensive line is quite as amazing as we're used to. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they definitely look mortal, which is what makes this so exciting. I mean, I think the Eagles are only favored by three at home against Dallas. So Vegas, Vegas views this as a toss-up game. They definitely look beatable, uh, but at the same time, I just I can't harp on them too much because after all of this criticism, they've got the best record in the league, and especially after the dip that San Francisco took, they look like the class of the NFC. Uh, we'll, we'll see if the Cowboys can change that this weekend. Is this the best football Dak Prescott's been playing over the last couple of weeks in your mind? I think so. I mean, these, these last two games have been really impressive. I think these last two games are the best football he's played this season. I don't know if it's the best stretch of his career, and that two games is not a very large sample size anyway. But, yeah, he's, he's been phenomenal in both of these last two games. Um, the Niner game is still a little close in my memory, and that's what makes this especially intriguing. Is I, I think this is a favorable matchup for the Cowboys. Sure, the Eagles have pass rush, but – this defense is susceptible. You know, they, they played great against Miami credit to them for that, but they turned right around and, and gave up what the 400 passing yards to Washington last week. So mm-hmm. Dak and those guys should be able to, to get after them. And uh, you know, it's, it's not going to erase it completely, but a good performance against Philly would at least help me forget uh, how helpless they looked against San Francisco a few weeks ago. This is way too serious. I don't like it. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> we got the serious stuff out the way. We um, got to get the serious stuff like out the way. I don't like it at all. Remember, video, football with Hellman, then get the fun stuff. I mean, great, yeah. great, yeah. really great answers. Phenomenal but analysis. That's not why Hellman. I do this ever. It's to do this. Uh, Hellman, the most entertaining thing in college football to David Hellman right now is? I mean, is it biased if I say my school's offense, the LSU Tigers? No. You realize LSU uh, – Oh, it would cut out right then, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. It really would. LSU put up, you know, the social channel put up a highlight video of all of Jaden Daniels' touchdowns to this point in the season. It's 10 minutes long. <laughs> it's a 10-minute video at the halfway point of the season. He's already he's responsible for 30 touchdowns. 
which is why Joe Burrow scored 60 his Heisman season. That's, you know, LSU lost two games. I am aware of it. I'm not saying this is realistic, but, like, Jaden Daniels is playing as well or better than anybody that's in the Heisman race right now. And if he beats Bama tomorrow night, not saying that he will, but if he does, then I think he's, I think he should be the front runner for the Heisman. I don't care how many games they've lost. Uh, so, like I said, I'm biased, but LSU's offense is fun as hell. We got a couple, we got a couple NFL receivers. I think Jaden, probably not a first round pick, but I think Jaden's going to play in the NFL for a while. Like, it's a ton of fun. If you haven't watched this play, we're going to put up some points. I promise you that. Also, going to give him up. I can't wait for the the chuck it down the field game tomorrow between uh Jaden Milrow and or Jalen Milrow and the Al- Al- Alabama Crimson Tide and your LSU Tigers with Jaden Daniels. So here's the thing though, and no offense to Jay uh Milrow, chucking it up is the only thing he can do. 100%. Whereas <laughs> LSU, like we can do everything. Like LSU's offense is just a ton of fun to watch. Maybe it's not quite on the level of what it was with Joe and Jamar and those guys, but I mean, geez, I think, I mean, they've scored, they've scored 40 points in like five straight games. It's, it's incredible. I hope they keep it up tomorrow. And even if the Tigers do beat the Crimson Tide, it would be the second biggest Here win by the Tigers on that day. Because if my Missouri Tigers go to Athens and handle business against Kirby Smart in Georgia, I'm going to be the most insufferable host on this station you have ever heard. Okay? Just want you That's to know saying that. Something. That's saying something considering the World Series. Y'all yeah. have been feeling yourselves. Very, very insufferable. I'm just saying, here. it's it's very rare when my Tigers get in this position. Like, we're not, you know, anybody. And you would think you would handle with the with the measure of humility. Hell no, bro. Relax, no. man. We we haven't seen this kind of success, especially in the SEC since we got there, and more so since our 07 season when we was the number one team in the country when we beat, you know, Kansas to become the number one team in the country. At then that what happened? Yeah, man, we lost. Reggie, the, Reggie, yeah. stop! Shut that, up! It's, it's cool, man. I, I've learned to live with it. I'm good. You know, we lost in the Big Twelve title game to Oklahoma. We had a chance to make the national title game. Didn't. I'm just trying Sad to prepare time. him for for heartbreak because I still think the Georgia's a problem. Or 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 the ass whipping that y'all been to get from uh, Texas on Saturday. I've already I come mean, to, come to God with that. <laughs> we, we've come to peace with that. No, K State K State's winning tomorrow, and oh, so is Mizzou. Oh, this oh. is. This is Homer Dave talking. Like y'all got me on Friday yeah. night. Wow! I need I need Mizzou to beat Georgia and uh-huh. open the door for LSU in the title race, and I need K State to beat Texas just because I don't like Texas, basically. Um, yeah, well, you know Texas great. loves doing that when when K State comes to town. So yeah, exactly. So I it, tomorrow should be uh, it's a great weekend of football, man. I know y'all have been y'all have been very baseball focused and rightfully so, but. A lot of good matchups tomorrow, and then obviously, I mean, there's four huge games in the NFL on Sunday, so it's going to be a good one. I love the fact that David Hellman these days is watching the NFL literally and talking about the NFL literally every single day. It is not just about the Cowboys. He's talking about everything with everyone. Have enjoyed the NFL on Fox Podcast. Real quick, you having having a lot of fun doing that? Having a good time doing that? Dude, it's great, and I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, we have have a ton of good conversations. We've had – you know, like when I started it, I wasn't sure what to expect. And then, you know, they were like, yeah, like we're going to we're gonna get you on with Greg Olson and we're going to, you know, we'll have you talking to all of the booths and we'll see about getting like, you know, uh, Julian Edelman and these guys. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. 
And lo and behold, like, yeah, that's exactly what's happened. So, like, we get to talk football with the best of the best, the biggest names possible every week. Uh, Jay Glazer comes on the show, like, every weekend. Like, it's – I never would have dreamed – but it's been a lot of fun, and I've, I've really been enjoying it, for sure. I appreciate the kind words. And you get to do it in the most comfortable clothes possible. That's right. That's right. I'm glad you've noticed that. Yes. <laughs> and look, I double-checked. I was like, um, I, I was like, nobody said anything about me like wearing a hoodie to do the show the other day. And they were like, yeah, we don't care. I was like, music to my ears. Incredible. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, it's great. You can find him on Twitter at David Hellman underscore host of the NFL on Fox podcast covering the Dallas Cowboys for Fox Sports, the America's Game of the Week on his network, Fox Sports. He is our guy, David Hellman. David, always good to talk to you, my man. Congratulations on all the success and uh, looking forward to your covers this weekend, man. Thanks, fellas. Talk to you soon. Yes, sir. There he goes. David Hellman of Fox Sports again, the America's Game of the Week with Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson. By the way, really good episode that Hellman and Greg Olson did on uh, their podcast talking about the Cowboys going into. I'll have to go back and try and catch it. It's, For sure. It's been a week. It's been a week because. Which was capped off. By the Texas Rangers. Winning the World Series. That's right. Coming up next on the Get Right with Reggie KG. Corey Seager was talking that talk at the parade. Cash. Which, which got me thinking, what's your favorite sports trash talk moment? We'll talk about it next on 105 Through the Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's a great song. Every time I hear Beverly Hills. No? Okay. So get right. Or Reggie, I was just you giving right? you your space. You seem like you wanted to. I didn't want to go full ISO, though. You know. Oh, that's okay. Uh, so get right. Reggie KG here on your home of the World Series champions. Mm-hmm. Texas Rangers 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Attula, Ross Lebinski holding it down for you here. Uh, we did have a question going into. We can get back to that. We got a whole show. We going until eleven. Don't worry about it. But right now, joining us on the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. Consider this a wellness check. The <laughs> littest individual, if that's a word, <laughs> in the entire Metroplex at the moment. That man is those. You can hear him every single day, Monday through Friday, two to seven p.m. and on weekends too, because he's on the Cowboys pre and post game show or doing that's that one podcast of him and Bob. Bobby Bell do together. Love, Love the, star. the star. I think I've heard of that. That yeah. hit Cowboys podcast and Rangers fan extraordinaire. Brian Broad is joining us on the Get Right. Brian, what's going on? Gentlemen, thank you so much to have you. How about you guys having back-to-back LSU guys? That's right. Oh, that's what this is? That. That's what you, you yeah. was trying to show up helmet? Is that what you're trying to do here? 
No, man, I'll tell you what, I love David Hellman more than anything. My man used to, like, save my ass quite a bit when I was writing there for DallasCowboys.com. There was not two sentences I could put together <laughs> that David Hellman did not, like, punctuate and make sound a lot better than it was. So, yeah, it was uh, it was nice. I'm glad he was on. I, I, I had to call in because of the nice things you guys said about me, so I, I do appreciate that. I was... I just got done having some dinner, made it on home, and uh, I just wanted to thank you guys for for the, all the nice words you had today. Rodis, we always got nice words for you, but we got, I mean, we got to admit, you were turning up today in a way that I honestly oh, did I'm, not anticipate. I'm hammered, yeah, I'm hammered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know what, and I'll tell you what, it started really early in the contest, and I think I was handing my first beer about 9.40 in the morning, and The crowd, the Tolos, literally, there was right in front of me, uh, this this guy and his buddy, they had a G-Bag Nation flag. And immediately they showed that. And I went, my gosh, if if these people are going to show up at 4 or 5 in the morning for this parade, the least I could do is have some fun with them. And uh, literally, you know, I went up and started talking to people. Next thing you know, I have a beer in my hand. Next thing I know, I have seven beers in my hand. Next thing I know, I have a six-pack of beer at the table. Yeah, it was one of those kind of days. But, uh, you know, and it, and it was so special because you don't always get to celebrate these things. Mm-hmm. You really, really don't get to ever be a part of something like this. But just the crowd out there and the, the energy and the shows and everybody pitching in, it, it just uh, – it really was a very, very special time. KG, well, you know what I was thinking of when Broadus was talking about his experiences there is I just imagine uh, his, his his bald-headed cousin when it comes to Stone Cold. I had a beer and another beer. <laughs> two beers. And two oh, no. beers. Three hey, beers. Hey, hey, four Reggie, bears. Hey, Reggie, no lie. I, there was two areas I was drawing from. There was an area that was left of the stage where, like, I'd get a beer with those folks, talk to them a little bit. Matter of fact, I traded a Rangers autograph ball. Like, you know, there you I go. got everybody on our show to sign this ball, but I said, if I do this, you got to give me a beer. And they, and these people, oh, yeah. So, so I was going back and forth between the two groups, and it got to the point where the one group looked at me and goes, Brian, we got no more beers. <laughs> and I kind of looked at him like, well, listen, man, I enjoyed hanging out with you guys. I got this other group that's got like, this other group and it was it was just so much fun and and then uh at the end like the last like two hours of the show there's this one group that just like handed me a sack full of beers and i'm like me and eric and zach just started going after it but it was so much fun broadcasting today and you know i i mean we were i think maybe do Krusty's corner and i had nothing today i had a big bag of nothing and and so I just talked about how much fun I was having there at the parade, and it, I think that kind of got us through the time. 100%. What, what, I mean, obviously, man of the people, Brian, brought us right here on 105 sure. Through the Fan. And what was your favorite experience, either that you saw or just actually, you know, had with a fan out there uh, celebrating the Texas yeah. Rangers World Series? Yeah, Reg, I appreciate you asking that. I mean, I was just – there were so many people out there that love our station, and that's what makes you feel so cool. I – I've had these experiences with DallasCowboys.com, you know, Cowboy fans and stuff. But there's so many people out there that, hey, listen to you guys, love you guys. And, 
you know, that great experience. I, the, the really the funnest thing, I had to go use the men's room inside of, uh, of Globe Life Field. So I'm waiting, I'm standing there, and I'm waiting for the players and their families to come out. Now, I'm standing next to a security guard. He's like, oh, Broadus, I love you, man. You're one of my favorites. Now. And I'm like, oh, thanks. So I'm waiting for them, everybody to walk out. And then Jared Sandler walks out. And, like, he and I see each other. And this is the first time we've seen each other since the, uh, since the you know, the final game. And I always text Jared, even through the whole season, I would say, hey, congratulations, nice win, good job, and all that stuff. But then we finally saw each other, and it was like we were just screaming at each other. You know, and, and you know, I gave him a big hug and all that. But then I go in, and I'm using the urinal next to Travis Jankowski and Austin Hedges. <laughs> So, like, I'm sitting there listening to them talk, but I'm using my area over here, you know, and it was like, oh, this is cool. You know, here we are getting ready to have a parade or got done with a parade and a couple ball players are talking about, like, how much fun they've had and what a great experience it is. So, yeah, I mean, that's just the kind of stuff you get into, you know. I mean, a, a media credential can get you a long way in life. I, I've learned that today. I learned that as long as you have a credential, you can go and do a lot of fun things. I think one of my favorite moments, not just from you, but obviously for us being at the, you know, at the parade today as a station and being able to be among the fans who love this team was just the pure unadulterated emotion from oh, yeah. everyone that was yeah. there and the different yeah. forms that that took on, whether it was a young child or a fan who has been watching this team for 50 years. It was just the range of people and the emotions that everyone felt. And I think for you, it's just watching you being able to embrace that today, uh, obviously yeah. it looked like it was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, it, it, it was, KG. I mean, just the fact that, you know, you, you're so connected to these folks because they listen to you every day, you know? And then when they get to meet you and find out, hey, man, this ain't a bad guy. You know, this guy has some, you know, he doesn't hate Dak Prescott all the time, you know? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's okay, and and that that was the great thing about it, that we just, there was no script today. There was no there was no show prep. There was no, hey, here's the rundown. Here Here's what we're going to do today. It was, you know, I mean, it was so many guys involved in just kind of jumping on headsets and talking and, kind of living it up and it was just really really that part of it was super super uh really cool for me and it, it just unf not unfortunate but i just was getting overserved the whole time as we were doing this that that was my my biggest thing was that people just wanted to hand me beers as i was uh broadcasting today and i took advantage of that and i'm not gonna i'm not ashamed for that at all uh, brought us, I mean, before we let you go, and I, yeah. I, I do appreciate that being out amongst the people got you just another time to appreciate how mm -hmm. much people love you. But people have, are, are also showing a lot of love on the text line, the Twitch, the YouTube. And the, the biggest question they want to know is, did you eat? Like, what what'd you eat? No, how, how much no, did you I eat? Didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. And, that, and I think that was the biggest problem. And luckily, our sister station, Carol D., they had cookies. They had these, like, red velvet cookies, and it wasn't – I mean, I started drinking it like, you know, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to grab something to eat. There'll be something out there, and there really wasn't. I mean, we literally got into our broadcast position, and we were all kind of talking about – and there was just no food to be had. I mean, none. And it really wasn't until almost like 
five o'clock that I actually had something to eat. Okay, what did we and end up eating? To be a, it, yeah, it happened to be a red velvet cookie is what I had. <laughs> and, and I mean, literally, I stole it off the table. I didn't even ask. I really didn't even ask. Well, clearly, I, you were drunk. You're exactly. not responsible yeah, at that point. I, I, it was between the Budweiser's, the Miller Lights, the, I think I had a Mich- Michelob Ultra. I, I was kind of like, it reminded me of being like, you know, 22 years old in Baton Rouge again. I was just <laughs> variety beer drinking and, and just kind of like, but yeah, I, I didn't have anything to eat. I actually went to dinner and sat there and just kind of, it's funny when you're kind of hammered and you're eating by yourself kind of a thing. You know, you're wondering, are people looking at me right now? I'm not dropping anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not exactly, I can't really hold a conversation all that great either, I don't think. But, yeah, so it it was such a, um, yeah, no food, and it it was just one one cookie. But, you know, big guy like me can hibernate. You know, I can kind of, you know, draw from all the, you know, the, the body armor that I have. So I think I was okay on this one. <laughs> the only thing missing from today was Kevin Harlan narrating Broadus's day. And there he goes. There he's drunk. Oh, no. And there he goes. <laughs> he's got another beer. He's got another yeah. one. I'll tell you what, it got to the point one time where I had three of them in my hand at one time. People were just so nice. They're like, hey, you know, and they're like, hey, Broadus, have a beer with us. And I'm like, sure. I mean, you can't turn people down when they're offering you beers. It's a great point. Like, it's a great yeah, point. And, then, you know, and, and Eric and Zach and, you know, in and, and general, I mean, it was just a the crew out there. Everybody did it. I was really happy for Mike Bassett, too, who got to ride on the float and all that. His kids got to ride on a float. Yeah. I mm. mean, that, that's, that's, those are the kinds of things that you just are like, you know, when, you, when those kids look back, you know, 20 years from now, they're going to talk about the fact that they were in a parade for a championship team. So, uh, you know, hats off to everybody involved and, and, you know, hats off to the Texas Rangers for giving us the ability to, to do what we did today. Broadus, we super appreciate you checking in with us. We were, we were, we were worried about you, but now we feel a lot better, especially no, since man, we got to hear hey, from you. You know what? I appreciate everybody's concern out there. I am home. I'm good to go. And now and you're going to watch the Mavericks, right? That's right. I'm going to watch the Mavericks yeah. now. I I think I can. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a go. I'll, I'll see how long I last. Yeah, we'll, give it a, we'll give it a go for that. But everybody enjoy their uh, enjoy the Mavs tonight. Enjoy your college football tomorrow. Big one LSU and Alabama. But you know uh, Reggie, I know Kansas State and Texas. Yes, sir. A big one for you as well. KG, Missouri, and Georgia. Go find a way to get you uh, get your W there, and that'll be all good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Appreciate your time, Broadus. Thank you so much, man. Having a good night, guys. Thanks for popping me on tonight. Keep doing the great work you do every night. We'll always, my man. Always. There he goes, Brian Broadus, Super Bowl winning scout, uh, the most drunk individual today. Look, if he, if, if he's not definitively won, top five, top five, top five. And they said, "Is how many people was out there? Seven hundred fifty thousand." Top five. Top Guaranteed. Five. And he low-key, not five, four, three, or two <laughs> at this point. Coming up next, uh, speaking of Mavs, let's talk a little Mavs basketball. By the way, game time has been moved back to about 930 almost. Because of this game here, maybe yeah. taking his time. Uh, just in time for us, though, let's talk a little Mavs observations of their first four games of the season. We kind of missed those because of the World Series. Next on the Get Right. I drank a beer. I drank another beer, three beers, four beers, five beers, six beers, seven beers, eight beers, nine beers, and a Bloody Mary. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.